was enjoying a glass of water. We don't call it that anymore, but I was enjoying a glass of water, and I it was it was cold because I had just gotten I'd gotten the water out of the fridge. Well, we don't call it that anymore, but I just gotten the water out of the refrigerator, and uh, I walked over and sat down on the couch. Well, we don't really call them that anymore. It, I sat down on the couch, and uh, it was raining out. Rain was this thing that we if, we used to call it rain. I guess now we'd call it precipitation. Anyway. Uh, Hunter, what I'm trying to say is that we voted a mentally ill person into the White House, and I'm not sure how I'm coping with it. Wow. Um, that's that's the most accurate sad thing I've heard said about the president today. Um, so congratulations. <laughs> you if, if you're within the sound of my voice, first of all, welcome to Carl Pulling. Second, just <laughs> Google joe biden tornadoes and just i don't know strap in for the ride i i i can't even be mad at him because like like you can't get mad at a special needs individual for being special needs i'm mad at the people that voted for him and are still defending that decision like they did something good because this is just straight up straight up people use the term elder abuse uh, and I don't like it because it sounds weird. Elder mm. abuse, mm-hmm. abuse of an elder. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's like child abuse, but that, I don't know. Elder. He's not an elder. No one would go around and be like, look at that elder. You'd look say, at that That's elder a, Joe Biden. You'd be like, That's an old man. So you could call it old man abuse. No one uses elder as a noun, they use it as an adjective. Am mm. I right? Why are you booing me? I'm right. Boo. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, it's just, it's just despicable what's happening to him and uh, i hold jill i hold i hold uh jill to blame quite so you say Plodway. <laughs> that's what hunter, i think every time i hunter, see her yes we can <laughs> yes we can don't you worry about it um oh man he, anyway look up the video is it funny yes is it sad also yes is it a certain sign of our impending doom absolutely uh with that yes if you yes. were to rename tornadoes, the name yes. you would give tornadoes would be. I'd call him. I'd call him George Bush's. Yeah, that's good. That's no, good. that would that would be when they go over water and they become a hurricane. I'd call yeah. him a George Bush then because. Would you call it a dusty George Bush? <laughs> I call it. I call it a dry bush. Please, <laughs> please don't give us the explicit tag. Okay. Well, now to the show. You know, because Kanye informed us that that Bush did Katrina, and also he doesn't care about black people. Very right. important to remember. And Thank I only have Kanye. one thing to say about that. Don't. Uh, and then say it a hundred times in a row. Guys, welcome to Carl Pooling. It's a show that'll get you fired. We talk about everything that you wish you could, but you lack the skill and the willpower and the, and the bravery. That's right. Religion, politics, sometimes... Uh, tests for what may be viral infectious diseases uh or stis it it's not clear at the end of the show and (laughs) today i don't even know how to describe the show that we have today other than it's a spicy meatball all the threads are coming together for what might be the biggest government cover-up of my young lifetime, my short lifespan. I don't know of anything that I've ever seen come from the government and government-funded actors 
has ever seemed so so you know daytime drama ish as compared to this and it's actually a huge deal so we've got a lot to get into and there's there's been a lot of buzz about our topic on twitter today but no i have not seen anybody put the full story together yet and hunter and i just finished scouring through some of our old episodes looking for times when we've mentioned this in the past so that we could update you and bring you the full story and also i had to fact check myself on one thing and it turns out that we're correct this this triangle of information is pretty disgusting and so we're going to get into all of that today but first hunter please bless us with the the jokes that come not from on high like mana but from the (laughs) left tell us the roadkill please well i don't know what you're saying this doesn't have anything to do with the conspiracy um, I guess you didn't read into the show notes because it's directly connected to what we're going to talk about today. Um, this is something we've been covering on the show for an excruciating long time, and I think it's finally coming to a head. Um, so let me read you the headline for this article, Chris, and then you'll finally feel you know small and puny for once, and I will feel strong, and it will make me feel like the older brother that I am. <laughs> so um, let me read you the headline. Canadian... <laughs> Canadian academic refuses to use capital letters because they represent power structures that oppress. Thank God. Thank God. And this is really what we've been basing the whole show on. And you know this, Chris, is that the attack on language, and more importantly, the capital letters at the beginning of the show, Carl Pooling, are now under attack. And the people need to know that's not okay. Honey, that. I want you to I want you to get out your phone. Okay, one second. <laughs> I have some really bad news for you. And I don't what? even know if you know this. What are you doing, Chris? <laughs> Go what are you, to our what podcast and iTunes. Okay. I'm okay. I'm I'm looking at it. It's I'm looking at the logo right now. No, no, no. Now the logo we paid another artist to do. I it's want beautiful. you to look at the text. I want you to look at the actual text. Christopher, it's it's our show. I've read this a thousand times there. I know, but you cannot tell me that that Carl Pooling is with a capital C. Christopher! <laughs> Wait, did you actually know that I didn't yeah, capitalize it? Yeah, I knew that. This is called show business. Oh, man. it's You're <laughs> Mr. Hollywood. You got me. I was along for the ride. Um, but finally, someone agrees with us. I mean, the, yeah, the capital letter patriarchy has been out and about. I mean, do you know... You know Antifa, most of the buildings that they burn down are owned by businesses that use capital letters in part of their branding. That's, That's why just we're a safe. fact. You can't get away from it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, a lot of people say correlation doesn't equal causation. And I say, shut up, your science words bore me. And, <laughs> and look, if it's, Antifa hates it. Look, the police, the police, the band, the band, the police, capital yeah. P. Band the police. Got it. Yeah, a cab. All all four letters are capital. No, wait, that argues against my point. I don't know what I'm saying. Here, here's what I'll get at. Canada is a joke. Is a total <laughs> complete joke. Have you seen this this video recently of of Justin Trudeau saying the shecovery and the yeah? What was the other word he did? She. Uh, um, like the she session, the, the she session. The, you got it. The she session and the she covery because okay. those are apparently gendered words. 
But it's does he know it's not he session and he recovery that it's actually recession and recovery and maybe no. he didn't want to say the re at the beginning because he's retarded <laughs> and it offended him personally so he cut re re out and put she she in and then you got to say wait a minute why are you doing that why can't why are the women retarded Justin Trudeau <laughs> no. I don't know why don't you stuff your stuff your uh, tube sock down your pants and wear blackface about it I don't know <laughs> why we take this guy seriously anymore but I do know that you cannot explain to me how the words recession and recovery need to be changed is that the new standard everywhere where the word she can possibly fit we have to put it in hmm. all I'm saying is that Canada is a joke their legislation has been a joke for a long time and why should we expect any different from them than an academic spending what I can only hope is their tax dollars on yes. not using capital letters? Yes, I, I will let you know that she still uses some capital letters, you know, which like is great. The, the P in P word hat. She hasn't abandoned the shift key, Chris, and that's what you need to understand. Um, <laughs> she uses it only to promote the one word that truly matters, and that's indigenous. She uses a capital I for indigenous. That's correct. So <laughs> What a champion. Yeah, I mean, really. So you know whenever you read her writing that she's not talking about the indigenous people because she, you know, she never mentions them, and it's just a bunch of lowercase letters. So that's great. That's I fantastic. God, for real, for real. People, social justice wokesters, for real. People on the left. People that are uh, looking at all of the dead bodies in Afghanistan and still feeling good about their Biden vote. How, how do you actually sleep at night knowing that the people that agree with you are the biggest whiner, complainer, loser, cuckolds that have ever walked planet Earth? Yeah. Like, the people that agree with you are the weakest, lamest, most useless people of all time truly how do you take yourself seriously hmm. truly how do you take yourself seriously it's amazing but thank god she she still has the shift key for indigenous yeah. you know what she should do which would be even better have just, a single i that's capitalized on her keyboard just instead of the shift key just have the indigenous people's key that she can <laughs> press that'll put a capital indigenous in whatever document she's writing there's got to be a macro we could write for that for shift in fact, oh, I'm going to do that to your keyboard. <laughs> that, please, Leonard, please put an indigenous people's key on my, on my keyboard. And indigenous, you know, what, I need I, I need to get rid of left shift and put indigenous peoples. And on my right shift, I would like she session and she recovery <laughs> if I could. And those usually come in a pair. So I'm fine if I just look, if I have to backspace one of them, that's fine. But I feel like I'm going to be getting a lot of traction out of both of those. Right. I'm actually just going to map the audio recording to that right shift. So deal with Justin Judo's voice every time you try to type a paper. It's going to be fantastic. That would be great. Oh, You're welcome. Man. What what a joke you guys are. What a <laughs> what a great big joke. Yeah. And, and it's can uh Canada like the only tough thing that you guys had was hockey and now you can't even have enforcers. It's just you're you're such a disappointment. Hmm. And like look, I'm not I'm not about to say that like Mexico is really raising the property value in the Western hemisphere. Okay. But at least they go hard. At least, at least they're not limp wristed like our, our cold brothers to the white North. Okay. Hunter, thanks for bringing us 
I don't even know what to think about that story. Okay. I, was, I was pretty proud of that one. I'm not going to lie. I just There's nothing that's not offensive. There's <laughs> nothing that's not offensive, which makes me want to quit trying completely. Yeah. Um, okay. Our top story this week. How, how, how do you start walking down the path of breaking down a story that is this incredible? Mm. Have you guys heard of this COVID thing? Good start. It's a very solid choice there. <laughs> you know, I just want to bring the people in. You guys might have heard of COVID. <laughs> Back a long time ago, March of 2020, a novel coronavirus swept through to the United States. We've spoken about it quite frequently on this show. We talked a couple weeks ago. We had, we had an episode called Lab Leak. I think it's episode 72. If I'm not mistaken, we talked about the shifting goalposts around what was acceptable to to speak of as far as the lab leak theory was concerned. There was some more information coming out about the actual genetic structure of the lab leak uh, or of the coronavirus that we were sequencing that made the lab leak hypothesis seem more reasonable. And so... We talked about how there was this strange pattern of behavior and and pattern of of journalistic integrity where right when the coronavirus started back in March or when we first heard about it, it turns out it was probably as old as November or something of 2019, we were allowed to talk about the lab leak theory and you saw some prominent journalists say, hey, the outbreak of this, this wet market is really close to the Wuhan Center for Virology. It's right down the street. There's only a handful of these these centers that are doing coronal style research in the entire world. I think there's actually three of them. And just so happens that this novel coronavirus breaks out down the street from one of them. Maybe there's something to that. We should look into it. Then China said, no, 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 you cannot look at us. And the WHO was like, nope, this seems legit. I think I'm pretty sure that China is changing. So we should not open that door because Makes sense. that would be very rude if we walked in while China was changing. Oh, and, no, I haven't put on my bat suits. Yeah. <laughs> and Nancy Pelosi got her chopsticks yep. and ate Ate a bat on public TV. That's a fact. <laughs> oh, Don't look that, it up. No. Um, well, she went to Chinatown. Okay, not on public TV. <laughs> what? But, but in her satanic death cult, deep oh. in the basement, I'm pretty sure that that's what happened. Sure. Um, that's why her skin looks so... Good. Unnaturally young. <laughs> uh, anyhow. Uh, I'm just kidding, by the way. I don't know. Is that is it slander if it's funny? Sure. Or is that is that if it's written... If it's written and it's not funny, it's slander. But if you speak it and it's it libel. is funny, it's libel. <laughs> right? Yep, okay. there's, there's different words for you it. You can't remember the rules. Um, <laughs> so anyway, then then the Biden administration or the Biden campaign at that point uh, and Anthony Fauci kind of rose to prominence. Uh, Donald Trump said that you could clean your blood with with light because the virus was tiny vampires and there was a whole there there was this whole issue around the trump campaign and the virus and it looked like at the time that there was so much of this 
information being shared by the federal government and by these bureaucratic agencies that was designed to target Trump to bolster the Biden campaign. And since then, we've just had this slow drip of information learning that, hey, look, Anthony Fauci has not told us the truth on this virus. The NIH hasn't told us the truth about this virus. The WHO has not told us the truth about this virus. Uh, The Chinese government has not told us the truth about this virus. The NIAID has not told us the truth about this virus. And as these details come to light, simultaneously, Biden becomes president. He takes credit for the Trump administration's accomplishment, which was unleashing the public sector on the or the private, private sector rather on this this problem and developing the world's fastest vaccine there was this vaccine hesitancy from the left that flipped over to vaccine evangelism and 14 days to slow the spread became uh, a thousand years to burn out the sun until we all die mm-hmm. it's just been a very bizarre sequence of events a right. very bizarre happenstance and the bureaucratic powers that be have taken every single position on every single issue of covid which is a huge mess right it's a huge mess hunter did you have something you were about to say yeah i mean i think one of the things that's just so shocking chris is there have been voices throughout this entire thing saying exactly what you're about to hear today that the nih knew this that dr anthony fauci knew this that it's obvious that this virus came from a lab in Wuhan, right? That all of this is true, that there was no, that everybody was aware of this whole thing going on, and CNN, the New York Times, and all your favorite mainstream news media outlets made sure that the people that understood this better than anybody else, people that were doing real reporting, digging in, figuring this stuff out. Um, Barry Weiss just had someone on there on her podcast who went into full detail about this in like two, uh, I think in like three hours. It's, it's really great. I'm going to go look up their name in the background here, but I mean like people who really did the journalism here and figured all this out and guess what? They, They, despite their message being out there in the world, those factions did everything in their power to keep it from getting out. And that's one of the things I think that's so infuriating is because we have the technology, the ability, and the expertise to figure this stuff out way faster than our media and our betters allow us to. And they constantly put up guardrails on us, Christopher, that just keep us from getting to the bottom of this stuff. And the whole thing I'm thinking when you're going through this long history of everything that's happened to us is day one, buddy, we could have had this figured out. Or we could have been, you know, 15 steps ahead, you know, whatever you want to say. But everybody has done such a great job of doing their little CYA that now they now it's it's so obvious that they're wrong even more so. And that they've tried so desperately to cover it up. But yeah, we'll get well, into it, that. It, it, yeah, it, it, we will get into it. And, and it's really a disturbing pattern. Yeah, it's a disturbing pattern. There's some reasons that it matters deeply that we understand what is happening right now. I'm going to say this. This does not verify with 100% certainty that COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2 came from a lab in Wuhan. It does not. What it does, in my opinion, prove beyond a shadow of a doubt is that several uh, directors 
several scientists, several bureaucrats broke the law, acted against against policy, whether it was through religious zeal or scientific fervor or incompetence, and then covered it up. And maybe their their designs were safe and maybe that's not where this disease came from. However, when the bad news came that, oh, by the way, even if things were all all well and good just down the street, the same thing that you've been researching <laughs> spawned in the wild and now is going to infect half the world's population by the time that we're done with it. Uh, if Even if it was just unlucky, it un- uncovered the fact that these people were actively breaking the law. Now, I will leave up to the listener to decide what is more likely. Is it more likely that that it just so happened that this disease spawned into existence a stone's throw away from the place where they were illegally studying the disease? Or is is it likely that this disease leaked out, especially because we were funding very dangerous research in a very a very combative part of the world, let's say. Uh, this This story has everything. In my opinion, we have illegal science we have breaking of policy we have perjury in my opinion vindication on the world stage we have a the dereliction of the duty of science and it it all encapsulates in this statement which i think was one of the weinsteins this week i can't remember which weinstein okay uh i'm gonna say it was eric i think it was eric brett hasn't tweeted that much is he sick no all right, cool. Um, <laughs> I think it was Eric. He said, we can have scientists that we trust, or we can have scientists we control. Pick one. It's Pick very one. good. And when we started controlling the scientists, when we had them working with teachers unions to develop COVID policy mm-hmm. outside of data, when we had them flip-flopping positions about school openings and masks without any new studies to reference, and when we had them ignoring data coming out of Israel, it became very clear that we had a public... Well, how about when we had them buying hook, line, and sinker, the lies that were being told by the CCP and the WHO? There was, it was clear that we had scientists that we could control, we being the federal government, and not scientists that we can trust... And I'm going to add one more layer before we really break this down. Because I, 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 I'm sorry if this seems clumsy. This is an incredibly important, complicated topic to go over. This is the direct result. The direct result of having a federal government that is too large. Yes. We, yes. we have a federal government that is too large. Now, this is the classic battle between conservatism and, and liberalism. The classic battle is between how big do we want our government? And as you feed the monster, it continues to grow in size. And so to defend itself, it has made all of its preoccupations into religions. And we, were, we actually had a great episode about this that we had to scrap uh, last week because the audio was, was garbled. But it has it has turned its preoccupations into religions. You know, science is a religion now. Mm-hmm. 
because the government funds science and and it doesn't matter what the data is it doesn't matter about any actual science but it's a religion now because the government desperately needs it to be a religion we have seen the the immune system of giant bureaucracies spring into full effect to protect themselves when they are threatened and the result is disgusting and it's quite possible more possible today than we've known for the past two years that we've been dealing with this disease or year and a half that the government might have actually created created this virus and the reason that it might have had such an impact is because we tried so hard to cover it up instead of being honest so this entire kerfuffle that we're dealing with right now might actually be the result and, and we have better information right now that it is the result of a bureaucracy that seeks its own survival over the lives of the constituents which it was built to serve and that is what is super important about this story today so we're going to have to cover a lot of ground. I understand that. But it is essential to understand why this matters, why this relates to the topics that we discuss in this show, why it matters, the classic battle between a big government and a small government, because this is the direct result of a large government. This is the direct result of government bloat and the, the individuals who find comfy chairs for themselves wedged into the side of that superstructure. All right, Hunter, fill in the gaps where I didn't make sense just there. Sure. You know, and I think one of the I want to point people this podcast might become please go listen to the Barry Weiss Honestly podcast because I feel like every week I say something about it. But Josh Rogan uh, was doing some major Rogan's baby cousin, not nearly as attractive baby cousin. Um, It was doing some was writing a book about China having to do with corruption in that country and was about to publish right before uh, this COVID thing happened. He spent about three hours plus with a Barry discussing a bunch of that research. Go listen to that. I think that's a really good resource for you. And plus you can do it on your drive to work. Um, That will just give you more context of everything that's happened. That doesn't include the new stuff we're going to talk about today. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that was prior to some of this nonsense coming out. Um, yeah. I think one of the big things, Christopher, uh, you know, I'm going to touch on Eric for a minute. You know, one of the things that you have now is an over proliferation of PhDs. And when the market doesn't have Ain't a place for, PhD, <laughs> when the market doesn't have a place for PhDs to go, where do they go? I, I to invent the indigenous capital indigenous keyboard. They do that. And they also go work for the government because who right. wants to work for the government when they can go, you know, work for the company and make something amazing new to actually do the science of the thing that they wanted to find out. Um, that's where the best people are going to go, where they can do what they want to do. Um, anyway, but I think the thing that's important about this story is making is putting into it a, a way that people can understand it. Right. And getting the narrative boiled down to like three bullet points where people can hold on. And I think it's something like this. I think it's that the um, COVID-19 is an amazing, crazy virus that appears to have been man-made. It was done in the Wuhan lab by that's not proven we don't have the smoking gun but all the data points in that direction and all the other data that could point in other directions isn't there right Mm -hmm. that's that's the thing you need to understand the second thing is we knew that at our at the government level and we're funding some of that way back in 2014 that's kind of the piece we're going to illuminate today we've said some of that before on this show but we're going to get more into that piece i think today and then the third thing, which I think, which we really talked about in our Lab Leak episode, and I think you, Christopher, just 
uh, stated as well is these elites prefer to sacrifice American lives instead of their reputations, right, and their power. And I think that is going to be the story of COVID-19. And I don't think that's going to be the story today. I think that's going to be the story six months from now. That's what I think is going to happen. Because I think just with everything here, everything has been obvious to the people that are paying attention. Mm -hmm. Everything has been clear to the people who knew what was going on and actually had done the research. And as time has gone on, that picture has become more and more clear to everybody else who's been sitting on the outside of that. The Joes in their armchairs, so to speak, right? And I think we're just going to continue to see that become more and more clear. So hopefully we can do a good job of just selling that to everybody today. But I think really the big thing we're going to talk about is number two there. Our elites knew this was happening. They knew this was something they had funded, and they knew more about it than we did way before anybody else did and chose to do nothing for their position. Right, right. And, and we could we could talk about the individuals who are responsible for that, and we will, and, and how we need to indict them personally, and we will talk about that. But I, the, the end game is that this is the natural result of... Any sufficiently large That's governing correct. body. That's correct. This, th- th- this is this is a natural evolution. And I think Unlike Christopher SARS CoV two. I think Christopher that's great. I think Christopher the best way to start that conversation is the Rand Paul and Anthony Fauci debates, if you will, in the middle of Congress. Because I really think it is the small government meeting the large government in the most uh, like our uh, story form that we could ever hope for, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what Rand Paul's doing in that scenario when he's kind of arguing with Anthony Fauci. Let's let's talk through that, right? And so and so Rand Paul's the the classic people's hero for a small government, right? Mm-hmm. He he comes from our village insofar as his his line of argumentation where he he defends small government. Um, there's a classic moment, and it was much ballyhooed in the media, where where Rand Paul is grilling Anthony Fauci on gain-of-function research. And Anthony Fauci states emphatically that the NIH and the NIAID has never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan because that goes against our policies. And then Rand Paul turns around and says, well, here's here's some reports that legitimately you did perform gain of function research because you increase the transmissibility by allowing for cross species transmissibility of these coronaviruses and and Anthony Fauci turns around and says that's not gain of function research that's not the definition that we use for gain of function research right and Rand Paul correctly points out that that's semantic and meaningless and Anthony Fauci incorrectly in my opinion points out that everything everything well i'll say he correctly points out that everything is semantic in the government and everything is is perfectly meaningless and no words have definitions other than the approved party line definitions and they that they're at an impasse at that point they're at an impasse at that point but the key is that anthony fauci didn't technically quote, break the law or break policy because he wasn't funding gain-of-function research because when he wanted to, he changed the definition. And and Rand Paul wasn't wasn't technically wrong either because the viruses in question did gain a function, specifically that they could infect alternate, alternate species than their original host. Yes, that's so good. And I think we need to do two things really quick. What's gain-of-function research? 
all it means is that you're working with the virus to give it functions that it doesn't currently have. Right. right. And you're well, doing that, that. That's the correct definition. Well, we'll get there. That's that's the correct definition, right? And so if you make it transmit more, if you make it more deadly, if you make it, uh, you know, make people sneeze, whatever it is, it's gained a new function. That's what that research means. And the question is, why would you ever want to do that? Well, if you've got a virus that can, that is, you know, 50% deadly and you want to prepare for the virus that's 60% deadly, you might want to see what's effective against that virus in a lab instead of out in the wild. That's the theory. Right. Not saying it makes sense. That's the idea. Now, the thing, Christopher, and you actually said this in our previous Lab Leak episode, and you said it again, but I wanted people to hear it because it's so important. The person that wrote that definition, that approved that, the person who's head over these organizations, his name happens to, and that's the NIH and the NIAID, right? That person's yeah. name happens to be Anthony Fauci. Right. And so the def, so Rand Paul is saying, you're playing semantics, and Anthony Fauci is hiding behind the media, hiding behind his anger in this meeting that we see in Congress basically saying that, no, I'm not playing semantics. The definition says that's not what it is. He wrote the definition, everybody. He yeah. got to well, choose what it was. He's the one who said, I am the science. Right. You disagree exactly with right. me, you disagree with the science. Literally, I he's am the like high that. priest. You know what I'm saying? And, and I know we're not sharing anything new yet, but that it's key to understand the drama of that moment because as... M. Night Shyamalan has taken his time in revealing this this twist to us. It turns out that we've already all watched the climax of this film, and that mm -hmm. was it. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly right, Chris. So, so that's key. Okay, they have this disagreement. We're at an impasse. We and we've talked about this before too. Donald Trump brings up the lab leak theory back in March, right? And they start discussing it. And he's talking about closing the borders to China. And like I was already joking, Nancy Pelosi says that's, that's racist and xenophobic. Come down to Chinatown, lick a doorknob, right? She right. does her little, her, her little media sham. Chucky Chucky Shum Shum joins in. Uh, and and all, all of the, the squad is tweeting about how it's actually healthy to, to have an open transfusion with people from Beijing. Then, or, or thereabouts, I might be paraphrasing that. Then, <laughs> might be. <laughs> Libel, Chris. Libel. Um, <laughs> then, then a, a highly prestigious medical journal, The Lancet, if you Ooh. haven't heard of it, uh, you're probably illiterate. The Lancet publishes a letter, and this is an open letter, mm. in a medical journal, a scientific journal, about how terrible Donald Trump is for suggesting the lab leak hypothesis. Now, this, this letter didn't contain any science because in fact, at that t point in time, we had very little, we had very little data about the, the coronavirus. We had very little data uh, from China about the origins of the virus. The WHO was being blocked. The CDC was being blocked. We, we couldn't actually investigate and gain data to make a hypothesis with the only relevant data point that we truly had is that, Hey, this thing spawned into the world a hundred yard, you know, a football field from one of the three, the three locations on the face right. of planet earth. Right. Where, where these viruses we're are researching studied. these type of viruses. Right. right. And right. so the only data point we had basically said could be gain of function research, mm. you know, or it could be from, from this lab. And 
this letter in the Lancet comes out and says, no, that's anti-scientific, that's fear-mongering, it's very, very racist to say it's a lab leak, it's very, very wrong to say it's a lab leak. Well, that, that was written by a man named Peter Daszak. Mm-hmm. And the man in the that, shadows. Yeah. And remember that name, because it's going to be pretty damned important throughout the show. Now, Peter Daszak is important because, and we've, I think we've discussed this on, before on the show. Peter Daszak is important because we had previously seen that he did actually have a connection to the Wuhan Center for Virology. That he was a scientist who had been performing some studies in conjunction with the, the Wuhan Center for Virology. He's actually the head of the EcoHealth Alliance. What do Which they do? The, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say they eco-health. I have no, no idea what they do. <laughs> that, um, that's the company that the NIH, uh, maybe company is the wrong word, but that's the company that actually issued the grants to the so, Wuhan Institute of Vi- Virology. Those grants were made available by the NIH and the NIAID, and the eco-health actually was the person giving them out. They received the grants and basically subcontracted them out to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. There you go. Right. And so he's the head of that group, Peter Daszak. Okay. Then we come forward to today. Let's talk about the new details that we have today. And let's just, we'll dive right into it. There has been 900 pages of documents released today about the EcoHealth Alliance and the work that they were funding and partnering with it at the Wuhan Center for Virology. This we is read all every about, single one of them. That's right. Because <laughs> we're <laughs> super literate. It's funny. This actually comes from The Intercept, broke this story earlier today and released, released parts of these documents to us. So I'm going to read, I'm actually going to read some, some excerpts from the tweets of Richard Ebright. He is uh, a Twitter user that had a, he's um, on the board of governors and a professor of chemistry and chemical biology at Rutgers. And he was making some comments and doing some breakdown of these documents today. Uh, so we're going to lean on him a little bit to talk about, to talk about these documents. He said the materials show that the 2014 and 2019 NIH grants to EcoHealth with subcontracts to the Wuhan Institute of Virology funded gain-of-function research. And this is a key part here. Funded gain-of-function research as defined in federal policies that were in effect in 2014 and 2017 and potential pandemic pathogen enhancement as defined in federal policies in effect in 2017 through present. Why is this such a game changer? The main reason is this. It proves that what Dr. Fauci said testifying before Congress was not accurate. When he said we've never funded gain-of-function research, correct? it was a semantic lie. Yep. What he meant to say was we've never funded gain-of-function research as we define it right now. Right, exactly Is what right. he meant to say. But what he... What he hid in that statement is that we used to fund knowingly gain of function research except for now we don't yes because we changed the definition so we used to but we changed the definition and now we don't yes okay that's super key another super key thing 
in 2016, and we talked about this on our show previously, we talked about the gain-of-function research pause, which is when this federal policy changed about where and how we could provide funding for gain-of-function research, right? Yep. And that was in 2016. We, and Anthony Fauci said at that pause, we, weren't fund, we did not fund any more gain-of-function research. The problem is that these documents show that we did until 2017 as it was defined in federal policies at the time. So even though there was a pause in 2016, we are still funding gain-of-function research in China by definition that fits the definition of gain-of-function research in 2017. All right, Hunter, jump in. Yeah, I mean, the insane. Because go back you know, to that little conversation with Rand Paul and Dr. Anthony Fauci, Yelling, screaming, Senator Rand Paul, you do not know what you're talking about. (laughs) Well, Dr. Anthony Fauci, turns out he did. And turns out the journalistic institution, The Intercept, who backed you at the time, saying that Rand Paul was an idiot, didn't know what he was talking about. Well, they went and got the documents, and they thought they were going to tear him open, and they were going to find that you were a good squeaky clean boy and understand everything that was going on in the organizations that you mastered and ruled over. And it turns out you didn't know. Or worse, you lied. You play the semantic game that Christopher just said, right? You said right. that the definition today doesn't match what we did in the past, right? Which is kind of ridiculous and stupid and ignorant. And everyone who would heard something like that would have been frustrated. Now, here's a really interesting piece, Chris. Why was there a pause? Oh, right? man. I don't know. Do you know? Yeah. There was a pause because a lot of people were worried about this stuff. Those labs in Wuhan... Oh, okay were not meeting their safety protocols. They were not yeah. they were not doing the stuff right. They were not doing what they were supposed to do. In and, addition, and research about that has been out for months. Yes, exactly. For months. for months. And that's that's not me being some conspiracy theorist. I didn't dig that up on uh, uh, www. Um, <laughs> which is Alex Jones's <laughs> new website that even even his listeners can remember. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but they weren't doing what's right. And there's a lot of people that were worried like why would you make the nuclear bomb in a lab? It's just going to get out and hurt people, right? It's just going to be used against us. And more importantly, you know, why would China ever get that? So that pause is really key. But here's the thing. People that believe in gain-of-function research and didn't want to look at the risk associated with it found a way to do it anyway. And that's what you need to keep from this. And why do they do that? Well, probably because they trusted in their own egos more. Who does that sound like? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I am the science. And, right. and look, I'll, I'll give the devil his due on that, Hunter. Even if it was just pure incompetence, sure. Sure, even sure, if sure. it was just pure incompetence, the cover-up sucks. The cover-up yeah. got people killed. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Period. So uh, for me, do I agree with your assessment? Most likely, yes, sure. even though we can't divine the human soul. Sure, sure, it sure, doesn't, sure. It's, it's irrelevant to the facts. It's irrelevant to the facts that they still tried to cover this up. Now, that information that we just shared with you, we already knew effectively that that was true, that we were performing gain-of-function research. Correct. It was clear because we had, we had the publicly available summaries of the a 2019 grant to the EcoHealth Alliance, 
that is specifically what Dr. Rand Paul was referencing in Congress when he was confronting Dr. Fauci with this material. However, right. what we didn't have details on was definitive proof that the NIH and the NIAID knew that they were funding gain-of-function research based on their definitions. And yes. that's what's come to light in this drop of documents from The Intercept. Yes. So, so that's what's really clear here. Instead of going on... You know, somebody saying, oh, thanks to the NIH for this grant that allowed us to do this research that, you know, helped us helped us transmit these coronaviruses across species. Now we have documented proof that we signed off on. Yes, we know this is gain of function research. Yes, it's after the pause. Yes, we're doing it anyway. That's what we have from the intercept. Yep. Okay. So. But it gets cooler and, and, and in the worst just, way. Yeah, let's let's. I'm going to read more from from Richard Ebright again. Uh, he's a professor of chemistry at Rutgers uh, and biology. The materials confirm that the grant supported the construction in Wuhan of novel chimeric SARS-related coronavirus that combined a spike gene from one coronavirus with genetic information from another coronavirus and confirmed the resulting viruses could infect human cells. The materials revealed that the resulting novel laboratory-generated SARS-related coronaviruses could infect mice engineered to display human receptors on cells. So not only were we just trying to transmit these diseases across different species we were truly trying to transmit them from uh, what appears to be bats to humans in the lab in the wuhan institute of virology i mean what kind of smoking gun do you need other than that one well well also that's just the fact that they were utilizing a spike gene i right. mean you know that spike protein is one of the most terrifying aspects of the virus and one of the its signature uh calling cards if you will right the right. corona molecule or not the corona but the but the spike protein that we've seen on every document that's ever come out about the coronavirus right is selling that idea and plus we think that's the we we don't know but we think that's what causes the um i can't remember the word but the very intense immune reaction uh to the virus itself which is actually the thing that we think is killing people and also causing the long-term damage to their tissues so right the calling well, card is being used and we can see that it's being used in this lab and we've got the documents now in our hands to prove it. Right. Yeah. It's insane. And, and a couple of things about, about, you know, just, that doesn't prove that it came from there. Like I, I, we like, but how much more information, how much more like evidence do you need yeah. to, at some point? You're gonna have to make a decision yourself. And we've talked about this before on the show that, you know, it's good to withhold judgment till you have data. It, it, we're at the point now where it, is there is so much data pointing to the fact that this came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology that I think now it is more prudent to suspect that it did than it is to withhold judgment. I, I this this for me is the tipping point where I am very much in the now I'm, I'm still open to the fact that I could be wrong. Sure, but We're I believe a preponderance of the evidence leads me to this conclusion now. Where in the past that was not how I felt. I felt like this was an interesting thing to look into. That we needed more data. That it was unlikely but possible. And curious about why we couldn't ask those questions and why right. you get kicked off Facebook for asking. Right now I'm at the point where I think the preponderance of the data shows that this is very likely what happened with COVID-19 that very likely it came from the WIV and very likely it was funded by the United States government unfortunately 
Sure. Because we're literally trying to pass, we're trying to attach spike proteins to other SARS viruses and have them attach and infect human receptor cells on on mice that have have had basically human tissue biologically grafted to them, uh, which is a way that we study a bunch of diseases, by the way, in case you're not familiar. This Okay, and Honor, you mentioned the spike protein. I'll go into a, that a little bit. When we're talking about when we're talking about chemical chemical transport and chemical mechanics on on the the microscopic level, these spike proteins are very important. In fact, antibodies, leukocytes, things that attack pathogens in the body, mm-hmm. typically do so in a very mechanical way. You know, we think of mm-hmm. chemicals as being these mysterious you know tinctures and ointments and 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 juices and liquids with powers that have oh, these moves. special properties but it it on a on a microscopic level it's literally how does this puzzle piece fit into this puzzle piece yes and what does it break off and what what is released when that breaks off etc ad nauseum even down to things like like vinegar and baking soda it's a mechanical reaction that's taking place and if you look at it at the biological level it all truly does make sense and there's there's state changes and heat transfer and all of those kind of things that are built in as we we break bonds and and perform different different mechanical functions but it is truly very mechanical one of the ways that we attack these coronaviruses uh with with vaccines or antibodies in your body is is we we literally attack these spike proteins we find ways to penetrate the lipid barrier of the of the virus, which is containing the recombinant RNA inside with a, a basically, you know, a biological battering ram so that we kill the virus inside and it quits replicating itself. That's one of the key, the key points to it. So the fact that we are taking spike proteins, graphing them onto viruses that can replicate in human biology and then in attaching and infecting them to human cells in the lab in, in Wuhan is proven without a doubt and very dangerous. And it's exactly this type of thing that caused a pause in 2016 because back in 2016, this absolutely met not just anyone's definition of gain-of-function research, but the federal government's very own definition of gain-of-function research. Yes, yes, right? yes. Insanity. Okay. Absolute insanity. It, it is crazy. It's crazy to think that this is happening. Now, we we have this document leak from from the intercept and there's some more worrying documents here that talk about maybe other research that was going on with MERS virus instead of SARS viruses and and some things go back and forth. And a lot of people started talking about this today. Obviously, because it's an incredibly incredibly important um finding. I mean, it really does vindicate Rand Paul, and it's very strange that this came from the Intercept, and uh, you know it actually it actually talks specifically about people getting bitten, presumably by bats. Uh, Glenn Greenwald spoke about this a little bit, and it it's also interesting how it calls out Dasik by name, right? We're talking right. about Dasik, leader of the Eco Health Alliance, the person who wrote this wrote this long screed 
in the Lancet about how it's racist to say that this came from a lab. Mm-hmm. Well, this this smoking gun that says, hey, this probably came from a lab is talking specifically about Daszak as well. And we talked about, we might have mentioned this before in an episode. I honestly can't remember. I know I talked to some of my friends about it, but it's kind of running together for me. But isn't it a little bit convenient that Daszak, who quite possibly is funding this this research, quite possibly is funding this research that very likely led to the creation of corona the coronavirus is writing a letter in a medical journal using completely religious language and and arguments based on faith that it's racist and xenophobic to say that this came from a lab specifically it's even more racist if you say it was my lab right isn't that convenient mm-hmm. i mean what do you even do with that information mm-hmm but this is the thing I haven't seen anyone talk about yet, Hunter, and this is where it gets worse. Yeah. Episode 72 of Carl Pooling. We come out with that episode, or we record that episode on a Tuesday night. Wednesday morning, I call Hunter on the phone, and we record over the phone an addendum to the episode. Why did we do such a thing? The reason we did such a thing is because that's the day that the BuzzFeed emails dropped. BuzzFeed had been filling out a FOIA request for many months, to subpoena the federal government, the NIH, and the NIAID for Anthony Fauci's emails. Why did BuzzFeed do this? I'm not precisely sure. Their article about it is pretty milquetoast. We got a lot of data from it, though. One of the emails is particularly revelatory, and we mentioned that email on the show, even though we didn't know the full importance of it at the time. I'm not going to re-read to you that email. I just wanted to say, this is an excerpt from the email. You know, I'll read the whole thing. The whole thing. So you've got the whole, the whole deal, except for a part of it that does appear to be redacted in the center. There's a gray box over email addresses, personal identifiable information. I can't tell you what it says, but I'll read you the whole email outside of that. It's sent on April 18th, 2020, at 9.43 p.m. to David Morins at the NIH slash NIAID, Anthony Fauci, then they've CC'd Eric Stemme, Emily Erbelding, I guess, and Chumra Aleski. Subject, thank you for your public comments re-COVID-19's origins. Importance high. Tony, bracket, CCing David so that you might pass this on to Tony once he has a spare second. Close brackets. As the PI or P1 of the R01 grant publicly targeted by Fox News reporters at the presidential press briefing last night, I just wanted to say a personal thank you on behalf of our staff and collaborators for publicly standing up and stating that the scientific evidence supports a natural origin for COVID-19 from a bat-to-human spillover, not a lab release from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. From my perspective, your comments are brave, and coming from your trusted voice will help dispel the myths being spun around the virus's origins. I'm going to read you the only part of the email I haven't read you. From Peter Daszak. Peter. Are you kidding me? Peter. So Peter Daszak, with no evidence, says that it's racist to say that this came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. From a, from a medical journal of record. Yeah. Then he is, he is writing emails to Anthony Fauci, thanking him for dispelling the myths. And here we are, 
liter- literally 18 months later, 18, almost 18 months later, 17 months later, and his name is all over grants that say that we were, we were engineering bat coronaviruses with spike proteins that allowed them to attach and replicate to humans. We were taking bat spike cells and putting them on human SARS viruses. And his name's all over it. Yep. The man in the shadows. And that they were doing it at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Are you kidding me? And this is the one thing that I haven't seen anybody on Twitter talk about yet. But, but not only is he the guy from The Lancet who wrote that it's racist, he's the one that emailed Fauci and said thank you for, for explaining the origins of this away. And you have to remember, this is a scientist. And Fauci pretends to be a scientist. <laughs> this is before we had any information from Wuhan. This is before right. we had any information from China. This is after we knew that China was lying about, right. about everything. All we knew is that they weren't being honest with us. Right, exactly. But here's the right. thing. Peter Daszak knew that he was doing this type of research there. Anthony Fauci knew that Peter Daszak was doing this type of information there because the or NIH and the NIAID, well, the, at least those organizations that he heads knew, right, right, knew that they were doing gain-of-function research in 2017 after the 2016 pause by their own definition they knew now they changed they, they recently changed the definition mm-hmm. so they'd all be safe but they knew that they were funding exactly this type of thing so when they both know and nobody else knows that they're funding precisely the type of research that the president is suggesting when when this guy references the presidential press briefing that Fox News were reporting this grant money on, when these two are the only ones that know that this type of research is going on, and he writes him a shady thank you behind the scenes, and it's not till 18 months later that we see, without a shadow of a doubt, that they knew exactly what type of information they were, they were researching, exactly what type of experiments they were conducting, that are directly in line with everything that we know so far about covid 19 sending thank yous back and forth saying that it's racist to suggest otherwise and then the audacity of anthony fauci to sit before congress and tell rand paul that he had no idea what he was talking about when actually the only two people (laughs) that that are relevant to this story that did know what they were talking about was anthony fauci and Peter Daszak, and guess what? Anthony Fauci knew that Rand Paul was 150% right. That he was doing exactly the thing that he said he wasn't doing. And, and like I said, I haven't seen anyone bring this up. This is actually crazy. This is actually insane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, if, if this is... Here's something that's important to keep in, in check. Even if... COVID-19 didn't come from the Wuhan lab, right? The conspiracy of trying to cover up the potential that it could have come from the Wuhan lab because our money was going to that lab is criminal, right? Great point. And I'm not a lawyer, right? So I don't know if there's an actual law broken, but it should be criminal. It should be punishable by some offense. If nothing else, they should be fired, right? They should be kicked out of their jobs. They're incompetent. They can't do it. So... 
take take coronavirus off off the table. We don't even need to discuss it. These people could have been funding research, and then were so scared and terrified that their jobs and their necks are going to be taken uh, taken off that they covered it up six ways to Sunday, knew about it ahead of time, and didn't tell anybody, and then proceeded to pat each other on the back for doing the good thing because science and, you know, racism, and we're in a fight against this man, and just honestly doing an amazing political job of putting Americans against each other. Yeah. Knowing the exact political buttons to keep us all distracted. It's, I mean, it's terrifying. Utterly terrifying. Let me make this as small as it could possibly be. And I think this is reasonable, rational, as small as this could be, is that they had no idea whether or not their research led to SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19. That's that's probably rationally as small as it could possibly be. Because China wasn't sending data out, and they weren't letting the WHO in. This is back in, in March and April, Right. That, mm-hmm. that they're sending these emails and writing these letters in the Lancet. They probably had no idea. I don't see a mechanism by which they could have had an idea if they were guilty or not. So what did they do? They went into cover-up mode. Right. They changed the definition of gain-of-function research, although, of course, that happened what appears to be back in 2017. They started, they started dispelling the accusation as a myth even though they had no hard evidence for it the only hard evidence they had is that they were funding this exact type of thing right mm-hmm. yeah so even if they 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 didn't know that they didn't do it that's as small as it can possibly get and then they started covering their necks mm. a couple of key points from this Three things, I think. One, what do you do with information like this? I have no freaking idea. I I truly, this is so disgusting. And the implications of it are so large. I don't know what to think about it. And like I said, I'm just putting this together as I'm at work today. I, I have no idea what to think about the NIH possibly funding the research that led to the biggest pandemic that, the modern world will potentially ever know and then line to cover it up and, and per, you know, the leaders of our institution, our highest paid federal position, perjurizing himself, perjurizing, perjuring himself. How do you say it? I don't know. Himself in front of Congress. I don't know what to perjury. do. Yeah. Committing per that. That's the boring way to do it. Committing <laughs> perjury in front of Congress. I don't know what to do with that information. Um, I know that we owe a lot of people an apology, not you and me personally, but the, the media has a lot of people to apologize to, namely Trump. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, they've got a lot of people to apologize to, free, think, free thinkers that were asking these questions back when it might have done us some damn good. How many people lost their lives because we didn't tell the truth? Mm. I have no idea, and, and I don't know that we ever will have any idea. I mean, Hunter, this is rising to the level of scandal that I don't know if you, a, a person can know. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be dramatic. This is just, you know, we say wait for the data. Well, now the data is out, and the data is, in my opinion, beyond shocking. 
not because no one expected it, just because I never expected we'd see it, I guess. Yeah, well, I think there's there's one thing to this piece that is different when you're talking about wait for the data about coronavirus. Because what we meant when we said was, did this come from the lab in China, yes or no, right? And a lot of people, when they were asking that question in the beginning, didn't know there was American dollars associated with that, right? That was a question of, listen, you know, we don't know. It's China. Yeah, we get there a little shady sometimes, but calm down. We don't have that. Let's pay attention. This is a brand new thing that's being uh, sent upon humanity and we need to handle it rationally right that that that's what that statement meant mm-hmm. the part that we didn't know when we asked that question was how our elites were tied into the funding of the research that was going on in the lab that could have gotten that that could have been where the corona covid-19 was released from right that, that was the hidden piece that we didn't see at that point the important thing i think to understand is This goes back to something we keep talking about on this show, and especially when it comes to COVID-19 and even in the LoveGov episode too, right, is the fact that they are not concerned with your survival. They are willing to put your life up for their own reputation. They are willing to protect themselves at the expense of others, and they will do that in every way they can. And now there can be malicious intent behind that. Like they can actually, you know, been fully aware of everything they were doing or they could be like oh my god oh my god oh my god, it's not us it's not us it's not us it's not right. us hit the panic and, button and that's the crazy part hunter is like then you have to ask yourself the question why and the answer that everyone would want to believe is that they so that they would shirk responsibility but uh, how can you blame people for coming up with a much worse reason how can you reasonably blame people for saying this is so that you know people would have to have to wear the mask and lose their freedoms and stay inside and and fundamentally change America because we've seen all those arguments come out from people in the federal government. We've seen all the arguments come out that, that Corona is, is proof positive for why we need to change the underlying economics of uh, the American experiment. You know, Corona is the reason why, why you're not allowed to charge rent. You know what I'm saying? Which is a classic socialist flim flam. And I'm not making that accusation, but how do you keep people from asking that question? It's difficult. I think one of the easiest ways is to say that the elites aren't. Here, here's the thing. There's, there's a good political saying, right, which is never let a good crisis go to waste, right? right? And there's two things happening here. Is what I think is first and foremost, we have a crisis that was possibly generated by the American government, right? And there were plenty of people who were not directly involved with that who are willing to use it to further their own political ends. And, and, and th- that's that's the rational thing to do, Hunter. And, and sure. I'm I'm agreeing with you. And I uh, like Ben Shapiro might say I never attribute to malice what I could attribute to incompetence. And I, sure. I that's what I believe. I'm not making that case. What I'm saying is that yesterday we were sitting here saying, "Man, how crazy would it be if this was actually funded by us?" And now we're sitting here saying they knew about it and they lied to us. And why? You know what I'm saying? And, and sure. Ju- like for instance, y- you know what? I don't want to hear what anybody in the federal government thinks about QAnon again. If this is what you guys are up to, how dare you How dare you look down your nose at people for not believing you? And I don't agree with those people. I think they're crazy, but I get to say that. You don't. You've lost the privilege. Yes. This, I, this is ridiculous. I think this that's is ridiculous what... that you would go to these links to, to protect yourself. And although I, I 
agree that it's most likely just fear for your life and fear for your jobs and incompetence and all of those things, how dare you tell people that they can't ask you why yes. and not believe you when you give them an answer? How dare you tell them that? Yes. This, this is why I feel so strongly in that message that we keep sharing is don't trust the elites. They don't care about you. They, they're concerned with their own selves. And you have to bring that philosophy into everything that you hear right now. And that's one of the things why it's so exhausting to live the modern life is because what do you trust, right? There's very little information that's trustworthy. And the information that you do get that is trustworthy, it appears, is from randos on the internet that are one-person voices, right? The Barry Weisses of the world, the uh, Brett Weinsteins of the world, right? Some things he's good on some things he's not as good on but you get my point and it's like yeah. how are you able to well, decipher and, all that information it's impossible for then, one person e- even then the good ones are associated with document dumps sure i mean exactly. we've, we've truly entered the julian assange period of journalism yes 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 it, which is is wild I, I, I trust trust that which you can read trust what you can lay your own eyes on i guess right yeah well that that's i think that's how and that you will notice that's these Individual journalists will basically tell you that, you know, yeah. which is which is the truth. But this is one of the thing I think too that's just it, this is the unsolvable problem is how do we ever get a reliable media again, right? Because it, it is something that's necessary because there are not people, not everybody's going to be able to put in the time, the effort, the wherewithal, and everything like that. I mean, it, it takes hours and hours of your day right now, you know, in the background, sure, but to keep up with the news and everything, it's like. That's that's not possible. How do we get to the yeah. point where you actually can just open up the New York Times, read the headlines, and feel like you're an informed citizen? You know, and the answer is I don't know, but we desperately need it, or else we're going to go crazy. I, I, I is a good point, Hunter. I have no solutions for that at the moment. Yeah, me None. either. I mean, except uh, to do heroin. Except for honestly, <laughs> uh, the best answer I have right now, and I'm not trying to to shoehorn us into the conversation but it's things like carl pooling sure it, it's it's things like this show where we're genuinely interested in the truth and and i i don't think we're the most excitable show out there no. i don't think we're begging for clicks i don't think we're begging for for the scoop i mean we never break stories this is one time that i feel like legitimately i've we're saying things that i haven't seen said similarly you know may, sure. maybe we put our own spin on it but I've, i haven't seen anybody talking about this and I don't know what to do quite about it. And I don't, it's, it's such a, it's such a incredible story to tell, but hopefully this, hopefully things like this, hopefully from a group of people that you can trust and hopefully from a balanced political group of people that you can trust, man, this is why it's so essential that, that we bring back the ability for people on different sides of issues to be able to talk rationally and base our conversations in facts and truth because, man, this is dystopian. What is happening mm-hmm. right now in the media is dystopian as, yes. as I could... It, it's more dystopian than I was willing to believe yesterday. And, yes. and that that's a crazy thing for people that hate the media like Hunter and I to say. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just, I just cannot believe what we're reading. And, and it's a subtle shift in the story, but what it tells us about what Anthony Fauci and what shift, Peter yeah. Daszak knew changes everything. Yes. Changes everything about about what we had seen before. It's because it's, because it's not. It's it's proof that they knew that they knew that they knew. It's pr- and it's, that's it's crazy. Proof that, it's the proof that the worst thing possible is true. Yes. Yeah. The, the, and that's really a good way to put it, Hunter. That the right. thing that we are going like, wow. Well, at the worst, it could be this. It it, it proved 
with it beyond a shadow of a doubt that that reality was the reality in which we were living. And now the why is the, the far left shift of, well, how bad could it be that the worst possible thing came true? How bad could the implications right. of that possibly be? I see what you're saying. And they're far darker than we were, than they were yesterday. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay, I said there were three things to take away from this, and that's the first one, is that, man, I don't know what happens next. I have no faith in our media to hold our, our bureaucracy to account. I have no faith in this administration to hold our bureaucracy to account. I have no faith that this story will even be around in a week. I have no faith that this will make national news. I have no faith that anything's going to be done about this. Uh, prove me wrong, but I mean, what a weird day for sure. And I, I have this sinking fear that, that this is all going to go away and, and this will be one of the few blips where we get to see through a very, very dense fog that surrounds these bureaucracies that are enshrined by our federal government and given plenary power potentially to strip us not only of our freedom but also of our lives in a, 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 non, a, a non-hyperbolic way. I guess that's where I, I land here. Okay, so here's here's point number two that I, I walk away from this with, and I mentioned this at the top of the show, but let's reiterate: this is the natural, the natural outcropping, the natural evolution of any sufficiently large federal government or central governing body. When you give power to these people, they will use that power. They very infrequently give it back. And the best case scenario, like we were just saying, Hunter, is that this is just fear and incompetence on the on the part of these actors. And yet they still performed this cover-up. And yet they still didn't give us the details that we knew that they had right. way back when for, for what purpose. And, and look, just legally, justifiably, they might be totally in the right. Ben Shapiro talked about this a little bit, I guess, about a month ago. Right. Talked about how they're, they're made to preserve themselves. Maybe mm-hmm. people did die because of their incompetence, but the... the they're not acting outside of the boundaries of the law and their job. And hey, look, there's a part of that that I understand because when you are a federal bureaucrat, when you're in charge of a bureaucratic agency, you are going to make decisions that cause certain people to live and certain people to die. This is obviously true. And we need to make those decisions, not in an emotional space, but in a factual space, and a factual space that's built on policies and laws that everybody agrees with, or at least that provide a maximum utility for the majority of people. So I'm not condemning that system, but look at what happens when you make that system too large. Mm. That's the point. That's mm-hmm. the point is we should have it small. We should have that that plenary power be granted to as few people, not as few people, but let me say as as minimally invasively as we possibly can. When I say few people, I'm talking about the size of some of these organizations and therefore the money that they bring in. Um, but as minimally invasively as possible is where we should utilize that power to preserve good fences and good neighbors and good borders and our freedom. So that's my second point is that that this this isn't this is what happens when the government gets big. This is what happens when the USSR takes over the water system underneath St. Petersburg and takes over the the grain fields outside of it and thousands and thousands and thousands and millions of people starve because there's no food. This is what happens when you make governments big. This is what happens when you centralize power. This is what you, happens when you streamline decision-making. 
And you cannot blow the whistle eventually. Okay, third point. These these people in positions of power who are willing to lie to you and strip you of your freedoms and strip you potentially of your health and your life to cover their own backsides, they are playing you wokesters like a fiddle. Like a fiddle. Do you think any of these people care about racism in Wuhan? What a joke. Look at Peter Daszak. He'll write, he'll write a, a lengthy screed and get it signed by a ton of his doctor friends saying that this is racist. And it turns out it's not nearly as racist as it is a, a thousand giant neon glowing arrows pointing towards his impl- implication. But what does he go to? What well does he draw from when his back is up against the COVID wall? The racism well. Of course. Because he knows that you're a sucker. Because he knows that you're a moron. Because he knows that if he says the word xenophobic or really anything that ends in phobic, that he's going to have a, a army at his back with the race relations BLM wing and the black bloc tactical Antifa wing and the Twitter wine mob paparazzi propaganda wing. And he did. And it worked. For a while. It's just incredible. It's incredible how foolish. How foolish you become. And what a tool you become. When you become the cuckold husband. Of these ridiculous. Misandrous ideas. They, they, they don't give a damn about you. They don't give a damn about the underlying cause. They are just playing you for a fool. Don't be a fool to these people. Mm. You guys are the ones that pretended to care about COVID, and we have to wear a mask till there's not a single case. Put your money where your mouth is. Put your money where your mouth is now. You really care about the people that might have caused all this death, or at least were worried that they did and covered it up and lied? Man, I don't, I don't even know... I don't even know what to say. It is it is incredible what what we're reading today, and the the uh, it, this to me is proof positive that the elite know and are actively using wokeism as a tool to to influence the minds of constituents. You know, and I this is one of the things, and we said this on the show. I think probably a year or so ago was there was this bright moment at the beginning of this where I thought we were coming together. There's like three weeks at the start of the coronavirus where everything felt like it was cool. Everybody was, you know, sticking together. It was a scary time. We didn't know what this is. And it felt like the divide between us was eroding. It felt like that moment after 9-11 where everybody was, you know, a team, right? The flags went up and it was America, America, rah, rah, rah. And then we got the... You're a xenophobe. Um, you're a racist. Comments, right? Right at then, and I was like, "Are you serious?" And then I, I, I had this, I had this, I had this hope that we would see that nonsense um, essentially prove that it was going to cost lives, right? And it did. It absolutely did. 
we were told to go down to Chinatown, and what did we know? That you know, we had our we had the coronavirus, you know, you know, straight out of Wuhan. Like that's where it was coming from, regardless if it was the lab or not. That's where it was from, you know. And the decision to close the borders that was a good idea. And the people, if they had been in charge, who had kept the borders open and let them come in, would have made this things worse. You know what? Absolutely. And it still was weaponized against us. This whole ideology was used to take to attack us and divide us and the science tm 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 and and so it's it's terrifying um because because they used it to go after trump they used it to go after us they used it to go after i I mean they can they and they use even use it to cover their own asses i mean it's just it's just one of their instruments these people are the least sincere people on planet earth right and i i'm convinced that what we're seeing today is not going to change that i i can't I don't see a world where this matters. I think one of the reasons is just because it's so difficult to explain, you know, and it, there, there, there are these pieces. And I think that's why, you know, as many people as you can tell them, right. The simple story that COVID-19, yes, it's terrible, right? It, it's, it appears to have been generated by gain of functional research funded by our government. And the, the elites in power knew it and didn't tell us. That's those those are the three things that are that have happened and more people that can get to that simple story and that simple truth and then tie all this together and rewrite those narratives that they've had about this whole experience, the better because we desperately need it. So, yeah, anyway, and and even if it's not that, even if it's not that. That they they still instead of saying, hey, we should look into this because we might have the, we might have documentation on this. We might have right. accidentally written the user manual on this. Right. They'd rather cover it up than make right. things better. Yes, 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 yes. Insanity. All right. Well, let's not read an ad because, honestly, I just feel like this is our, our Clinton invitation swan song. Oh, okay. Um, that sounds nice. This cover-up is so obscene, I just don't... My personal trust for the United States government is at an all-time low. Well, Chris... Especially when you have Joe Biden out there, unconscious, telling us that there's people that are telling him what reporters to call on. He has a list of names to read questions from. I mean, truly, this, this has, in a certain sense, shaken me to my core in my belief in the government, and I truly have no idea what in the hell is going on. Well, Chris, it's important to remember that, as Carl Pooling has so erroneously stated for many months now, and possibly years, that you should not get tested. Wow. Wow. It's the end of an era. (laughs) It's the end of an era. (laughs) Don't get tested. Don't get tested.